there is these very strong connections that you can make with people who um, it's hard to trust sometimes, but I've had some amazing experiences where people have become friends from like nothing. And that's, that's very like, I don't know, that's a great feeling. What's up, guys? Welcome back, brothers. Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey and, and Water. Okay, Bitch. hear me out, guys. Am I what? crazy for wanting to get that tatted on me? I think uh, me and Olivia said, like, when we were first doing this, I was like, dude, I'm going to get whiskey and you're going to get water. And she was like, yeah, maybe like in 10 years. And I was like, I'm going to get it tomorrow. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. I don't We've know what you're this. talking about. I think you said you would get it as a lip tat. Wait, as a lip I forgot how to talk just then. Honestly, I might be down to get water here. Okay, we should like hit a goal. Once we get like a certain amount of listeners or a certain amount of followers, we should get it. See, I think I'm probably just going to do it anyway. (laughs) No, we will use it as an enticing factor to get our followers to. Okay, guys, share this with as many people as you can and I will get fucking whiskey tatted on me somewhere this blows up i will get whiskey and water tatted on my ass no cap no cap (laughs) guys please hold her to that okay Um, anyways hi guys happy monday we missed you how are you excited to hang bro have you have you well we've seen this meme where it's like uh you're talking so listening you're like screaming into the mic chill out (laughs) she's like (gasps) oh She's like deep throating the mic. <laughs> Can you not? Wow. And honestly, you sound so much better. We should have got that mic for you a long time ago. Yep. Here we are. Regardless, what were we saying? What were we saying? <laughs> I literally forgot. You were like, have you guys seen that thing? Oh, that meme where it's like what it feels like to listen to a podcast and it's like someone like laughing, but they're alone. I was like, that's yeah. like us talking to our audience. <laughs> yeah. Like, hi guys, Literally. how are you? Like, we're as if so we're going to get a fucking response. We're so excited to hang out with you. Yeah, We need like, um, you know, like when in like friends and like old mm-hmm. shows, how they have like the laughter, like, you yes. know, automated in. Like, yes. that's what we need. Low-key. I don't know. I feel like that's really creepy. But anyways, um, hi guys. We, while we're talking about you, um, I would just like to say, Yes, many of you did come out of the woods when we asked mm-hmm. our silent listeners to come out. However, I still have a bone to pick with those of you who have not come out because mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. Y'all, these numbers are too high. We see them. We're happy about them. We're not happy that y'all aren't interacting with us and showing us who you are so we can love you. Let let us love you. No, but shout out because there have been a ton of people who have reached out and they're like, I felt so attacked by this week's <laughs> intro. I'm like, I'm kind of sorry, but also I love you. Thank but you. So it was necessary. They're like, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by <laughs> Liv and Jess. Yep. yep um, sounds about right. Well, anyways, this is just, you know, your weekly reminder to not be scared of us. Send and us a let DM. Us suck you home. Yeah, you know, just let us do our thing. <laughs> Listen, okay, okay. send us a DM with like an emoji. That's all you have to do. Don't write That's a paragraph. It. Just yeah. send an emoji and we will follow you back. Um, anywho, let's get into today's episode. We have on Joshua. Joshua. I cannot talk. Joshua. 
Coombs. I originally found him on TikTok. I came across one of his viral videos of him cutting a homeless person's hair. And it really resonated with me. I checked out his page. He has a project called Do Something for Nothing. And we have such a really beautiful, just really heartwarming, beautiful conversation just about what it is to be human and, you know, taking the stigma away from those who are experiencing homelessness. And that's kind of how he he uh, phrases it instead of saying, you know, a homeless person, someone who is experiencing homelessness. And he sees it as a transitional period of their lives because that's really what it is. And this is a topic that Jess and I have been passionate about for years now and honestly have wanted to be more proactive in mm-hmm. and sadly have not. Um, yes. But it is something that you know, has been on our list. Once we do start doing philanthropy events, especially for whiskey and water, you know, it is on our goals to do some community events, get involved with our community in Miami and kind of just give back in that way. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like a couple of years ago, I was even we were more involved. We did like a couple of projects here and there. Um, but definitely something that we'd like to pick back up. And you know, it is kind of difficult, especially because COVID hit and everything. Um, but Definitely something that we're looking to do more of. But before we get into that, brother, do you've got an uh, app of the week for me? Oh, yes. Let's get into our little segment. App of the motherfucking week. Okay. I have not tried this, but like everything these days, I found it on TikTok and mm-hmm. it is called Be My Eyes. Have you heard of it? No, Alan. I have no idea what you're saying. Be, be, my, be my eyes, like B-E, my mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so no, I hear you. You said I have no idea what you're saying. I, I, but I don't. I thought you didn't understand like what I actually literally said. <laughs> I, I, no, I can hear you loud and clear. I just have no idea what it means. Okay, so basically it is an app for people who want to lend their eyes out to those who are visually impaired or blind. And basically you do, I haven't, again, I haven't tried it out. I downloaded it, but I haven't actually like created an account or anything, but I found this TikTok of this guy and it's pretty much a FaceTime call and he answers and the person uh, in this, in this TikTok, the guy was counting money and he said, yeah, you know, is there 400 there? And he said, yep, there's 400. And he's like, okay, thank you. Bye. It's like, and then they hang up. It's like a quick FaceTime call. If That's someone so needs cool. to see like what color the shirt is that they want to wear or ha- help counting money. How sweet is that? Oh God, I have goosebumps. That's so cute. Uh, I know. So I, I downloaded the app and I want to get on it and be someone's eyes. I think that is so just clever. And what a what a great like idea to just help yeah, people Yeah, I know. I love that. I definitely thought it was going to be something stupid at first, but you really pulled through, <laughs> brother. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> of course you did. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to be someone's eyes, download the app. I think it's so cute. And the guy was so excited. He goes, he like hangs up and he goes, oh, I just got my first be my eyes. And they're like, oh, it was really oh, cute. That's so cute. Yeah. Was that the blind guy or the other guy? The other guy who answered the call. Okay. Like he was so excited oh, to like, okay, okay, kind of about, you know, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Well, moving right on to moving Amazon right on. must-haves. Must-haves. Um, so we do like to try all of the must-haves out before, like, telling you guys something because, you know, it could be shitty or whatever it may be. So I know I've been talking a lot of – I know I've been talking a lot about organizers. Sorry. I was, like, super close <laughs> to the mic. Um, but that's because I'm trying to be an adult. Um, trying to be a grown-up ass bitch and get my shit organized because as y'all know, I am a messy ass hoe. <laughs> anyway, so I got an under the sink organizer um 
for like your sponges and your rags and your cleaning products because like I don't know I, I hate going under my sink and like not being able to like see everything correctly or like it's a dark, sponges it's a dark, are on the ground scary, it's a scary dark place yeah and I just feel like it gets kind of gross so anyways I got this organizer so that's really all I have to share with you guys so <laughs> I'm so organized the other things that I bought off of Amazon this week is I bought my boyfriend like 20 um related things because you know he got into med school and shit so those are the only, only other things i can talk about so. okay also i realized in the last episode let's stop calling him your boyfriend and let's start calling him by his name shall we well you kind of have to introduce should, him to our audience should we though like yeah do, I, uh, do you want to i, I just feel like you I always like say times. my boyfriend and i'm like <sighs> no. say his name <laughs> So his name. So it's hard though because I don't like. You don't have to. Sorry, I'm like putting you on the spot. Whatever, it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind. It's also just that like I feel weird though because like I don't. I don't even post with him right now because he doesn't live here right now. So it's like okay, whatever. I'm just trying to give the brother some tea. Okay. <laughs> his name is Juan. <laughs> okay. Juan All, right. All right. That's all we're giving you. Anyways, on to the next. Guys, we want to take a moment and thank our sponsors for this mm. week's episode. Mm. First, mm, we money, 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 money. You love to see it. You love to see it. So first, we are getting into Celsius, which if you guys know, you know. Cheers, brother. Cheers. I'm so sorry for that ASMR, guys. I apologize. Yeah, no, one, no one asked for that. Don't know why we did it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, brother. So, yeah, if you've been following us, you know that we love Celsius. Personally, I take pride in putting people on. I put you on. I put Tyler on. My sister on. Tyler's cousin Chase on. And just me alone. Like, I drink water and I drink tea occasionally and, like, orange juice and coffee. I do not drink any other drinks like I don't like mm-hmm. I don't like uh what's it she called like fizzy drinks and shit like, I like that. fizzy drinks like I don't like sweet drinks energy drinks I don't fuck with it guys yeah I love celsius like this is my this shit is she actually we um we met up for content a couple months ago um and we were shooting and she was like dude why what I had another drink with me I think I had like a coffee and I was and she was like dude you haven't tried celsius yet and I was like nah like I don't think I would like it blah 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 and whatever she gave me one and from that moment on, brother, <laughs> I, I, I like I DM'd them immediately, and I was like, "Yo, what's good? I'm You're like, like this give, shit. Give me it. Um, yeah, yeah we, and we literally love it. drink one. Like, I kind of have to pace myself because I'm like, <laughs> I, I drink one every day. But I mean, it's all healthy. Like, we're gonna we're gonna tell you guys a little bit about it now. But it's completely healthy energy. It accelerates metabolism and burns body fat. It's essentially kind of like um. It's centered around like living a healthy lifestyle, like a fit lifestyle. So um, they have a lot of like, you know, fitness and that's kind of like what they're centered around. But you can uh, tell them a little bit more about it. Yeah, it's and the reason why I have never messed with energy drinks in general is because they take one, they taste like battery acid Two, they feel like battery acid. You know that they're just horrible and Mm -hmm. you like you might get a heart attack from them. But it's no high fructose corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors. So honestly, I that's like why I feel so okay drinking this. I know it's Mm -hmm. not I know it's not battery acid. It's a healthy energy drink. It's clean energy. don't feel a crash um and peach vibe which is a limited flavor is my favorite flavor my fave too so check it out the peach i'm sorry not the peach the um pear fuji apple is also super fire it has so like it has um what they say is it has seven essential vitamins but they have 
B6, B12, biotin, mm. riboflavin, um, vitamin C. We love this shit, guys. And you love I think to it's part it. of the reason why I'm still so snatched right now. <laughs> um, because, guys, I have not been on my on my uh, best uh, behavior, uh, one could say. I'm definitely eating like shit. And uh, I haven't been working out as much because I fucked up my back. I forgot about that. I did fuck up my back and I had to take off a little bit of time working out. But I still look better than ever. And I think it's because Celsius. So shout out Celsius. Uh, Check them out. We will leave. (laughs) And like, so anyways, we will leave a link in the description if you guys want to check them out. And even before they... (laughs) Don't waste that precious gold. (laughs) Liquid gold. Um, But even before they were a sponsor, we would drink a can before our episode. So that just goes Uh to show we are true lovers of the brand. Okay. Anyways, next, um, moving on to our second sponsor, Mind Tan Body s- Body s- Skin. Mind Tan Body Skin. I wanted to say sweat. Three seizures. This this episode. <laughs> we are back at it with Mind Tan, and we told you guys a little bit about them last episode, and we're here to tell you more. It's where cosmetics and skincare meet tanning, and they believe tanning begins with you. They believe that they're that your tan should be just as unique as you are. One shade does not fit all, and tanning is so much more than light, medium, and dark. With my tan, you can customize your bronze glow based on your skin type, tone, and desired skin finished. Oh, oh, hilt it. Ooh. We love my tan. That is how we keep this healthy glow. Actually, I went to the beach the other day and I did not wear my sunscreen. And you guys should see my back right now. It is peeling. I look like I have leprosy. And you know Ooh. what? I fucked up my, my first mistake was not just staying in and using mind tan. There you that, go. That is, that is where I fucked up. There you so, go. It is It is clean beauty. It is vegan, cruelty-free, PETA-approved, clean, skin-loving ingredients, 100% natural, DHA, sustainably sourced, salon-quality formula, and it is born in Australia, and we love our Australian babes. So we, we have a discount. We have a discount code for you guys, whiskey and water. Use that for 25% off at checkout. We're hooking it up, brothers. All right, guys, we are going to hop into the episode. If you guys are loving this so far, please post a screenshot on your story. Show us some love. If you're not already subscribed, do that and enjoy this week's episode. Enjoy, brothers. Love you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Second time's a charm. Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. We are so thrilled to have you on. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here and talk to you today. Yes, we're super excited to have this conversation. Like I mentioned over the phone, I actually found you on TikTok. I came across one of your TikToks. It kind of went viral. I think now it's up to like 600,000 views, the one that I had come across. And Uh then I ended up kind of just like looking at your profile. And, you know, like we talked about in our call, TikTok is such a good way to expose yourself to new people and new creators. And you came up on my For You page and I checked you out and I was like, man, this is awesome. Like what his project, what he's doing, it's dope. So we're just so excited to have you on. And I guess to start this, tell the people a little bit about yourself and um, just what you do. Yeah, well, that, thank you. I mean, I, I so actually, you know, it's funny because as I mentioned to you on the phone also, like TikTok was something that I, um, you know, I, I started posting these videos on there more recently, which were when I go out to go back to, I guess, how they started for me, I, I give haircuts to people who are living on the street and people who are experiencing homelessness or hardship in some way. And that started here in London, where I am right now. But I was, 
I suppose I started doing that when I was still working at a salon about five years ago. I first started going out with my backpack and cutting hair for people, and it quickly became much more than just something I'd do on a day off. It was um, something that brought me connections that I wasn't experiencing in my life and was a way to go and hang out with people who I really wanted to hear their story and find out a bit more about who they were. Uh, a lot of homelessness and the way it was reported for me at the time, it just seemed that I wasn't that connected it to it as, as an issue when you look at really thousands of people living on the streets in um, in each city and London's much the same you know I was walking past people on the way back from work to home and I'd always see people who were who are literally sleeping on the street and sleeping rough so um yeah I started cutting hair it was one day one moment with this this man who who I spoke to and it turned into a haircut because I had my things with me I was on the way to cut um, a client's hair outside of work and I suppose it was like a uh I guess an aha thing for me because I was I was connected to this person. I listened to their story and I started doing it more and more and it grew slowly into a hashtag which I created called Do Something for Nothing. And that wasn't a, a quick transition. It was actually quite a slow one, which was I started going out and cutting hair and meeting people more often. And it was a few months into this that I realized that some of the stories I was hearing and some of the people I was meeting, it was dissolving all these stigmas that surround homelessness as a whole mm -hmm. obviously you've got people from all walks of life and a lot of people are empathetic towards this um I, I know that you know but i think you know the really big ones drugs and alcohol and mental health issues and the reasons why people might end up where they are i i was listening to people's stories who it just made it made me feel like i wanted to try and tell those in some way and bring other people into the fold so i came up with this hashtag do something for nothing and um, I made the decision to start posting these people's stories online. I did like Facebook or Instagram, and a haircut's a really visual way to to show, I suppose, this before and after. You know, I take a photo before the haircut and then afterwards, and it's um, it's a nice way to, I guess, put a signpost up, which drew people in because it's, sometimes it's quite a transformation. But the truth is, from the beginning, it was all about someone's story, and I'd, I'd write a caption with that, which said, "Hey." This is someone I met them, and this is kind of what they're about, and what we spoke about that day, and it started to grow. So yeah, so really, I mean, in a nutshell, from those haircuts to then do something for nothing, I, I suppose it really just it became like something that people started moving towards in their own way and using their own skills and time and things that they could bring towards this to try and help. And um, yeah, and it grew, which was which was I guess the trajectory for me that took me from my job where I was working in a salon. I quit my job six months after I started doing this, and. That was about four years ago, and I've traveled all over the world since and, and keep trying to advocate for, for people who are in a difficult situation and, and tell stories through different mediums now. Love that. Love that. Okay, so so you did start as a hairstylist. You were in a salon yeah. for, for how long? You said five years? Yeah, about five years, maybe four or okay. five years. I, I used to play music, and I was in a band when I was younger. Then mid-20s, <laughs> I... Um, I kind of stopped all of that and I was looking for something to do. I never went to, I, I didn't, I didn't have any grades or school. I did nothing in school. I didn't go to college or university. So I was like, I can play guitar, maybe cutting hair. It seems like something I could do, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. really for this like great love or passion in the industry to be really honest with you, it was actually just like, I need to do something. An income. And some money. And I walked into a salon and, and asked for a job. Yeah. And trained from the ground up at about 25. Yeah. Nice. Um, go ahead, Jess. No, I was just going to say that I love that 
you know, and I, you know, I think we've seen a few p- different people doing this type of, you know, work. And I think it's amazing how it's kind of showing that what, what a haircut can do for someone and how it can transform it. But what I love about like what you focus on is not just like helping these people, but also just, you know, opening up the dialogue and, you know, you know, encouraging the conversation and understanding that these people, you know, are humans and you're sharing their actual stories. It's not just like a, oh, you know, now someone has a haircut and they're worthy of, you know, being put back into society. However, like, you know, these people are real people. And, and I, and I love that that's, you know, part of the work that you do. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I think it's a, a really important lesson I learned straight away is I think I was looking at the political conversation of this um, focused on all these economic factors of why someone might end up the street. And we've all heard that saying of like, Oh, you're only a paycheck away. And, and, you know, for people who are working class, but you know, sometimes that's true, but I still don't think, that doesn't really scratch the surface. This is, for me, the people I was meeting way back when I learned these lessons of, God, just just things that we can all relate to as humans. Like, you know, when something bad happens in our life, like we need help from other people. We need to mm-hmm. share thoughts or maybe it's grief or maybe it's just just painful things that are, uh, you know, landmines of trauma that are laid out in people's life, sometimes from a very early age. And, you know, when you step on one of those in life and it explodes, it's like you need other people to help you out. And a lot of the time, whatever the social or economic reasons for someone ending up um, living on the street, um, there's there's usually quite a relatable reason, which is not having a support network around you, not having other people to rely on, to talk to, to be able to provide, like, therapeutic care that's needed. Mm-hmm. I mean. The way we look at homelessness, I realized quickly, was very, it was quite linear um, as far as like, here's the problem, here's the solution. Oh, well, look, there's help. And then you sometimes see that people might even be able to access help, but they're not getting there. So that must mean that they don't care and they're um, willful in this kind of like choice making. Mm -hmm. I don't want help. I'm not accepting of your help. But that doesn't for a minute address the the psychological aspects of how far away somebody might be from accepting love like actually accepting love to be able to accept help like that's mm. the big I mean obviously I'm going down a bit of a rabbit hole now but my point being that you're right you're absolutely right it's very it's very complex yeah extremely and you know it goes to show I mean just think about how complex humans are just you know people who do have jobs and have families and relationships and you know a mm. functioning member in society per se right mm. you know we are such complex beings with so many different levels um, of emotions and relationships and things that affect our mental health. I mean, you it's like all the little things that we really don't even realize because we're so, you know, you, one could say privileged, but we're so used to things. And when you're used to something, you're less aware of, you know, someone who, someone else who may lack those little things. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, if you understand what I'm trying to say, but I think there's just so much that goes into accepting help and getting a job and being a functioning member of society that maybe someone who hasn't experienced homelessness wouldn't really even think about until you're put in that position. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I love what you said that it's definitely not linear. Like there's just so many things that a a person who hasn't experienced it doesn't, wouldn't realize. Exactly, you know, and I think that's a really great way of looking at it. You know, basically, when you take away the, you know, the aspect of like whether someone has a roof over their head or not, you've got everyone's got a really nuanced life with all kinds of different struggles and all kinds exactly. of different worries and, and things that we all have to be aware 
of each other and and try and be you know try and show up when we can but of course you know when you look at the sharp end of you know something like homelessness what happens is there is quite a visible image that um emerges that can sometimes be quite difficult to understand and quite difficult to approach and there's a lot of ways that like pain and shame and all these kinds of different emotions trauma yeah and trauma that they can manifest themselves in ways that are you know it can be quite ugly sometimes and I don't mean that to offend anyone I mean it in the same way as like you know if you've got someone who's completely out of their head and um barely recognizable to a person they once were and they're laying on the pavement um sitting you know kind of like in their own piss like you know, it's like it's like it's hard to know like you're walking along you're on the way to work you you don't know what to do and it's okay it's okay to recognize that like sometimes it's it's, it's the image that comes with some of the ways these things these things kind of um play themselves out it's like you know it's not the normal interaction we'd have each day is the point i'm making it's not like right. the normal. how are you how are you yeah. i'm fine cool let's move on like here's the next person i'll try and smile at so um yeah look my my, my the way i always approach this and i have from the start is never to point the finger never to call anyone out it's just to say that there for me the best way that i can use my energy and my power as a human is to go out and um tell stories and i still think it's i, I really think it's the most um influential way you can still try and try and feed these messages drip feed them into someone's life without coming at someone telling they should telling someone they should change their mind about something because like that's not like people stop listening people you know hold their hands over their ears and they're like you know and i have no idea yeah and i don't profess to know i'm no no expert i'm just a human being going out to talk to another human and the haircut is this beautiful way of like wrapping someone in um in a gown for 45 minutes and sit down on the curb with them and the cool thing is when i go out in the street and do this it's uh it's in their environment you know they're not coming to pick up a service from somewhere else there's Mm -hmm. plenty of places that provide all kinds of cosmetic um well-being services uh you know there's amazing people doing beautiful things with their time and and i just i'm trying to use what i know how to do or i you know before lockdown used to do a lot more but um yeah that's kind of, but just, just that is, I think, an important part of this is I go on the street to people and I say like, hey, what's up? This is your zone. This is your place. And it's, and it's quite nice because I think sometimes I'm not even looking at people like, uh, you know, face to face. I'll gown them up and I'll be working on <clears throat> the hair from the back for half the haircut on the sides. And then I've been thinking about that more often. I, th- I think now I've had time to reflect and I think it's nice sometimes not always talking to someone face to face and eye contact can be intimidating and yeah totally you know and I think I've realized that's something there's something nice in the haircut well, that's part of that where they're looking out onto the street they'd usually be looking on and um maybe just a bit more of a chance to to, to have someone listen to them or something yeah almost like an imaginary friend you know because they're able to talk and feel like they're not being judged and they can just freely have a conversation without someone you know feeling like they're scared of someone judging yeah. them and like looking at their face and yeah it takes a minute doesn't it to build up those kind of confidence skills i don't know about you guys but at yeah. school i was really terrible with like eye contact i was really mm-hmm. bad like people were looking at me it wasn't something that came really naturally to me um and then I sort of wrapped myself in this this persona of like bravado and actually being really cheeky and really playful and kind of more like the other way like this kind of like sphere of confidence that was like what took me from like being sort of 
14 before that it was like different and then it was like propelled me into like whatever and then that all dies eventually but my point is um you know i'm not i'm not kind of like i'm so real i really relate to that like i really relate to when you've got a barrel full of problems um sometimes someone's sit and go like all right tell me about you it's like that in itself is intimidating sometimes so absolutely for you to even like pick up on that like that is a nuance that I think is what makes your project and you know your mission really successful like to even pick up on that is something that I think a lot of people wouldn't understand you know I think there's definitely this aspect of um I don't know this this confidence and you know coming off of maybe I find it hard to, you know, obviously as humans, it's hard for us to relate to those who are different than us. And Mm -hmm. for me, trying to speak to someone so different in such a different situation, I, to be completely transparent and honest, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't know how to go about that conversation. Obviously I would try my best to be as like to appear as least judgmental as possible and, and kind and show empathy. But it is hard. So I think it's a really brave thing for you to be able to go there and kind of cater to what makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think it's so good because we're getting on some really interesting stuff already. And I feel, I feel that it's like, it's also important to recognize that, you know, with that, sometimes half the problem is feeling like you need to solve someone's problems, you know, and that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that in itself, I realized quickly is like, I'm not, I'm nobody's hero and I don't want to be, and I'm not, I'm not going to say I know anyone's answers. I'm like, my benchmark is actually quite low, to be honest, of what constitutes as a good day for myself and a good day for me in this conversation, going out on the street with other people um, and cutting hair, like with people on the street. And um, and it's actually just, it's very simple. It's just like, a, did we have a chat? Did we kind of, did we have a conversation where I listened and I tried to remain present with them in this moment? Um, mm. And, and not be thinking, oh, I should be somewhere else, or why am I giving my time in this way, or whatever. It's just like being trying to just be present with the person I'm with, and realizing that sometimes that's going to manifest into like a really nice relationship. And I've met people whose hair I've cut on the street who've become dear friends, and who are still I'm still in touch with to this day. And some people it was just that moment, and that just existed then, and it's all it was. And um, and maybe then you know that's that's maybe it wasn't always the easiest interaction. Sometimes people are in a difficult way, and I think, as I said, like I've lowered my benchmark to this. What is like for me important, and it's just you shouldn't go out there thinking you're going to make someone's day ever. I think you should be go a out hero. Doing what you can do. It's like anything on in life. Like what can you work on as you? I go out and go. Okay, what can I do today? I can try and listen. I can try and be available. I'm going to have a bad day sometimes too, but when I can, I'll try and um, be the best version of me. But I'm not hoping for gratitude. I'm not hoping for some profound thing. I'm just like, have a conversation, see where it goes. And I, um, I'm actually really curious just about like the, like the story and kind of how it, what the kind of like the process is for mm-hmm. you. Like, and I think when I've seen these types of videos in the past, I've always been very curious just because I think a lot of people, um, are very intimidated oftentimes by um, homeless people. And I'm sure at this point you're a little bit more comfortable and you can read people a little bit better, but I'm always just very curious. Like when you do approach someone and offer to give them a haircut, um, like how does that go about? Like, how do you start, you know, like how do you ask them your story or see if they're even comfortable sharing that with you? Yeah. How do you break the ice? Yes. Yeah, um, so really what I always, whenever I'm in any city, I'll, I'll go out with my backpack and sometimes 
sometimes I, I try and get introductions through people on the ground if I know somebody in that city and they might already be working with people. But most of the time, like 90% of the time, I just go out with my backpack and I wander the streets. And when it is about an energy thing, you know, you're right. With experience, I've read when people want to be approached and when people don't. And mm. you can sort of tell, but the truth is there's no real process as far as like trying to find out someone's story because I used to obsess, like I used to obsess about that more. Like I wanted to know like what happened? Like why did you... Why did you become, like, how did this happen to you? And I realized that quest sometimes is, um, it's hard to squeeze into such a small, because even if, you know, I might spend a day with someone sometimes, it's still hard to squeeze into such a small amount of time. Yeah, so long. They're like, you you don't got time for my story. Yeah, you know, like, like, we got to go back and see each other more than once to be able to, like, build the trust required to let someone in. But my process is actually quite relax like I'll to just try and walk you through it in more detail it is more just can I sit down next to you um can I can I uh, you know like I'll just I'll just say that and sometimes people want you to or not and if someone's like yeah sure you know if they're sitting down or they're stood there you know that's already an entry point where they're not telling you to like fuck off and go away so it's okay to it's okay to say like all right I'm gonna sit down or stand next to you for a while and then yeah, I'll just ask them how their day's going. And, and then, you know, after a period of time, if they want a haircut. But then usually when I'm cutting hair is when I'll probably talk more in depth with someone. And I think there's some trust with the touch that comes with, like, uh, and the intimacy that comes with a haircut too. Um, but, yeah, I, I used to, I'm not going to lie, I used to be more obsessed about, like, okay, what's on my story? Like, let me plan this out more of a, like, journalistic way of, like, at point A to point B, like, well, how did they end up where they are now? But I realize sometimes now I come away from these moments and I don't really know anything about someone, but I might know what their favorite film is, or what music they're into. And I think that's as important, you know, mm-hmm. because absolutely. Cause maybe they yeah. want to talk about that. Maybe they don't want to yeah, talk I mean, about they don't feel like divulging, you know, how, how they've gotten to this, you know, probably yeah. very low point in their lives. And I think yeah. it's amazing that you, you were even able to recognize that in yourself and, and be like, I'm not, you're not entitled to that information, even if you are, you know, helping this person out because that's not exactly. what this experience is about. It's not about you. It's, it's about them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's it. You know, put, you know, succinctly, you're right. That's just like, it's not about me, this experience. It's about, it's about the person I'm with. And it's, it's not, it's like, it's not okay for me to ask those questions. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not unless I'm willing to be around to listen to it beyond that moment too. Mm-hmm. Like I, do, I do oftentimes find out a lot about people's story and oftentimes I don't have to, you know, there's no probing like involved in like, how can I get that now? Because a lot of times people are ready to chat, but when yeah. they're not. So I think it's like, that is, I think it's, it's kind of like a lesson for life anyway, isn't it? You go out there with your, your best intentions and you just let things flow. And you you got to just let the day go how it goes. And and as I said, sometimes that's a, sh- a short moment with someone. But there've been people I've met who I've had some very profound experiences with. People I've spent um, days with, and by that I mean kind of I've met them at the beginning of the day, and I spent all day t- together, and then I've met them the next day and hung out with them. And there's been some almost. Um, yeah, very nomadic experiences I've had where I've kind of got invited in people's kind of lives for a while. And I suppose you've got to really give yourself up to those experiences because it's not easy sometimes. You've got to really just remind yourself that, like, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
it's taken to me it's taken me to some interesting places with people um you know what from what's been getting asked for like a cigarette outside a train station has led me to some adventure with someone in their life of where they kind of what they do and um and that in itself has been a learning experience too there was nothing that i did in my life before this where i would spend that much time with a complete stranger and allow myself to like roll with that and flow with it uh for whatever reason you know and and i think that has been a learning very learning like experience for me personally to 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 recognize that that's not always easy and it's not always possible and we've all got shit to do but there is there is these very strong connections that you can make with people who um it's hard to trust sometimes but i've had some amazing experiences where people have become friends from like nothing and that's mm-hmm. that's very like i don't know that's a great feeling that's a really beautiful yeah feeling. absolutely because you're you're connecting solely off of the fact that you're both human you know there's something so humbling i think about what mm-hmm. you experience and that's yes. the reason i think people travel so much is to experience different cultures and the way people who are so different from them live their lives. So, you know, you could view this in the same aspect of just experiencing a day with someone who is very different from you and whose day-to-day life looks very different from yours. And there's so much to learn from that. Yeah, that's such a good I point. Also, um, I also think that it's like, it's it's stripped of like a lot of ego. It's stripped, it's stripped of judgment. Like you're really just there co- like connecting on someone on the most like, you know, human level. And- I mean, there's just something not only like beautiful about that, but also like cathartic, you know, it's, it's refreshing. And although I'm sure there's a lot of experiences that are almost very heavy, um, it's still like, you know, Hmm. what you get from that, like the human experiences is just, I'm sure so rewarding. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it is, it's what we try and all do on a day to day basis. Like, in a that's all, all these, you know, it's a really nice way to summarize this in a nutshell. Like, I'm not doing it, anything different than anybody else tries to do when they go away and they want to new, meet new people in a new country or have, like, any kind of more than just a surface-level experience where you want to go, hey, tell me about you, whatever walk of life that's in, like, whatever mm-hmm. scenario. You're in, you just want to go, I'm, I, I know I can learn something from you. And, I, you know, it's, 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 it's okay to recognize that sometimes you wouldn't look to say people who are in a hell of a lot of hardship and a hell of a lot of pain and they certainly don't want to fetishize like you should go and just go and grab all the energy you need from these people and then just fuck off back home but that's not what it is it's like we can learn from one another and I don't believe in shutting the door on people I believe asking questions and listening to them and I think that to shut the door on people no matter how no matter how much you think it's their own fault, it's just the point that you stop learning about life and the world. And it seems illogical to me, you know, and no matter how dark it looks over there, like I'd prefer to go and try and check it out and, and see what comes of it. Because I feel like that's a real experience. That's like what, that's what I feel like is the point of personally, anyway, what I, what I how I want to live because yeah. And, and, and also just, you know, the small moments do matter too as well. I think people sometimes like, don't get me wrong, someone could listen to this podcast and they could be like, oh, this is a great man. Like, well done. This is all like very airy-fairy. Like, I, I believe in the political conversation too. Like, I need people knocking on policy, the door of like the government to be like, this is 
because the whole thing's messed up. Like when you look at cities, whether it's in America or Europe, like there is not enough being done or enough will to do anything about this. And people will tell you all day long, anyone working in the sector, how they've been for years, decades, people have worked in, worked in the homeless sector. And they must be so fatigued because we can sort this shit out. People always ask what the problem is. I mean, sorry, what? it's like there's not enough will. There's not enough will. And that's what it comes down to because even coronavirus and the pandemic has shown us that I don't know what, exactly it's been like individually in east city in america i've heard from friends i know in some cities but here in london from my standpoint what happened was a lot of people got put in hotel rooms during the pandemic and because they could incubate this virus they were suddenly deemed important enough to be like quick we need to get you in this room to self-isolate so lots of hotel rooms were bought out and um and you know it showed you okay of course these hotels weren't being used at the time of course their business completely came to a halt so there was this very obvious empty hotels makes sense let's do that Mm -hmm. but it shows you how quickly when shit is the fan there's will to say like we can sort this problem like and we're going to talk to you about it and we had the mayor of london saying look we've 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 housed all these people and yeah it's just there's just needs to be more will to help so so look there is advocacy and like people needing to be like having um you know like people are people are really doing amazing things to try and have that conversation and i do too but i think also people get hung up on you don't have to know the full solution to go out and use your time in a positive way i concentrate on the really small moments and they do matter you know and that's not just about people experiencing homelessness that's like anyone in your life you know and it could be a friend who wants to like who hasn't heard from you in a while it could be i don't know here in london again there's bus drivers who work these insanely long shifts and everyone's just got this beep card where you just beep your card at someone and you don't even have to look at them in the eyes. You don't even have to smile or look at them anymore. So you just walk on and beep. This, and there's this driver there and it's like saying hello to that person does mean something. Saying how Absolutely. are you. It's it, real. It yeah. It's so real I mean, because life is all those little moments and it's exactly. truly like, you know, just thinking a conversation that you had with one person on the street. I mean, you could leave that conversation thinking like, oh, okay, we, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. get their story out of them or, you know, it was a very brief moment, but they could be thinking about that conversation for the next few weeks. And that could be the one thing that's giving them hope or making them look forward to the next day. You know, you just, you never know how those little moments are affecting people. And like you said, in our cars, beeping at people. I mean, we're in Miami. Road rage is, road rage is bad here. As soon as people get behind the wheel, I mean, they are angry and they want to curse you out. So it's really, you know, it's those little moments of smiling instead of flicking someone off or just saying hi or those yeah. little moments, they add up and they really make a difference. You don't know what people are going through at home. Yeah, and I I think also it has to happen. It has to start because I try and, you know, tell – like I try and talk about the things that I do and and follow lots of other people who give me, you know, kind of motivation each day through through these small moments and stuff. And I think – as long as also I give talks a lot in schools and I'm looking forward to doing that again in a few months when things start up again or in a couple months. I just think – I just think it's important to also bring this stuff into – I don't know, into – into the hearts and minds of like young people and curriculum more too as well. I think it's hard because we grow up. I like, I see this moment. Here's what happens sometimes. I'll be given a haircut and I'll be on the street and young children will never be anything but curious when they walk past. There's never, there's never like a, a scary moment for a young child. They're like, what's going on? I want to go up and talk and like see right. what's happening. No matter whether it's like 
some old dude or like whoever it is, it doesn't matter how intimidating, like it could look to somebody else. They'll just be like inquisitive and curious. And there's usually two types of parents and one um, will kind of like give them something or like go and say hi or come and say hi together. And there'll be another type of parent who will kind of pull their child away and be like, no, 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 that's not for you over there. That, that right. inquisitive. And, and it's quite a pivotal moment, I think, you know, I think it's important that we, we, we kind of, show people to i'm not saying go down i'm not saying don't use your instincts i had to use my down a dark alley in the middle of the night right right i'm like i'm not promoting anyone even live a similar life to like you know me in the sense of like i go and spend all my time with a lot of people who are in a difficult kind of position and i do have to have my wits about me sometimes because again this is not about homelessness it's just about me i've ended up on the wrong side of town before in cities i don't know that well because i've let my like inquisitive nature sort of get the better of me and i've had to remember like oh shit it's getting dark now like i don't know any i don't know where i am you know <laughs> but so i'm not saying don't follow your instincts i'm not saying don't have your wits about you people confuse these two things a lot i think and i'm like i know how to be strong and to be able to like know when to like get the fuck out somewhere but i also don't think that has them any way in any way blur this side of you that can be open and vulnerable and empathetic towards any any other uh, and curious yeah yeah and curious remaining curious yeah like i'm glad i'm glad i know about you guys but i feel feel very thankful that and again this is such a huge thing and i realized it growing up more than anything now you know getting older that you know even though i didn't have all that much growing up like my mum was always it was always open and i know that she kind of she always provided something for me that kept me in this kind of open, inquisitive, curious nature to the world. And I think of that I'm really thankful for, if mm. nothing else. You know, I mean, plenty of things I'm thankful for, but that's that's important. And I'm, I'm Absolutely. glad. And I, I love really, really love what you said earlier about how like, um, and this is I'm kind of backtracking here, but you, you had mentioned like, you know, you're doing what you can with what you've been given, which is, you know, you realize how you can help is, you know, by providing those haircuts and kind of opening the dialogue via social media. And I think that if anyone, you know, were to want to get involved, I mean, I think that it's what's important is looking around you and seeing what you can offer yourself. I think a lot of people, and I think we saw this a lot, uh, particularly with the Black Lives Matter movement, we saw people getting involved in the ways that they knew how. So, I mean, if you're an artist, it's like creating, um, art that opens up the dialogue or you know if you um if you're good at protesting and if you're good at you know if you can even just be like a you know a spokesperson or be a body or you know you're like a you said, writer like, or have a podcast yeah, what, yeah. whatever exactly cool. whatever it might yeah. be I think it's just important that you utilize those things and try not to like you don't have to go out and spread yourself thin and because sure. I mean I feel like that's how that's you know that's the way that you know we don't it has to be longevity. It has to be consistency and, and just doing things in the way that you know, you know how to. Yeah, for sure. And that's the biggest message for anything. Look, what I do is called do something for nothing. What someone else does is called something else. I think we're all working to the same thing here, which is just like, yeah, you're right. Recognizing that I, I feel the, the biggest epiphany that I've had, and it's beautiful when you get these in life. So I'm like, oh, I'm the most important part of this equation. And by that, I do not mean like attached to the, my ego. I mean that like, you use what you have to go out and try and, you, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I used to, like, 
my life started when I started listening to The Clash, right? And I was I was like 16 or 17 and my auntie gave me a record collection of all these old punk records and it was like blew my mind and my life changed. <laughs> and there's always something Joe Strummer says, who's the lead singer for anyone who um, might be quite old talking about this, but it's like you've got to write about what you know about. And I think that that is like it in a nutshell. You can't yeah. really like don't try and be who you're not. Like just go out there and like whatever works for you. As you said, you may be a writer, you may be an artist, you may be... Um, a poet and it might not be that profound you may be great at maths and that's amazing too I think it's just I've seen people who've joined in with this movement and do something for nothing whether it's yoga teachers going into rehabilitation centers whether it's um, mm-hmm. people going to have lunch with uh, someone in an old people's home who doesn't have any family with them anymore um, you know it's just about your time and I think the thing here is whether you're an activist and an artist and you're going out in the middle of the night and you don't want anyone to know your name and that's awesome um, or whether you're really present on social media and you're trying to promote these kinds of messages. I think what's happening here is we realize as humans that like what really gives us purpose in our life, I think, is is when we're doing something that's hopefully beyond us. And I think mm. that can be something insanely big and huge and boy, it can just be the person next to you. That's beyond you. It can just be someone who's just outside. That is out your comfort zone. Going to talk to someone who is way different than you or may seem very different from you from the outside, um, that's way out your comfort zone. Like shit. Like some people that's so difficult and I it's not easy sometimes, but to be able to sort of like kick those parameters of of kind of who you might usually talk to and like educate yourself about other people i think it's uh that's huge for me and, and that's what i strive to like do um most of the absolutely time. yeah and even if you know you're not necessarily serving serving others at that point you are becoming a better version of yourself which in turn will mm-hmm. is serving the world in the best way possible so you know i think there's no no deed is too small and if that means just like you said introducing yourself to someone who you normally wouldn't talk to reading stories that you wouldn't usually read you know whatever it is it's like those are just as valuable too um yes. kind of just like you know the small moments it, it all counts as long as it's towards the greater good um yeah. and i kind of love how this this idea of doing what you can and using your yeah. resources however you feel fit um and like for you, not only – so there's two sides to this, right? You're providing people with a haircut and giving them this, you know, new image and this kind of confidence back and making them feel human again. But also you're sharing it on social media and you you are humanizing them to a world that sees them as kind of like almost like zombies, you know? It's like there's such a stigma with homelessness and that people are scary and that they're all drug addicts, which, you know, granted, a lot of times drugs are involved, but you can't generalize that. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, you don't know people's stories. And it's so easy to judge a book by its cover, especially when the cover is so looks such a certain way right but you really just have no idea who someone is and what their story is and how they speak and what their family who their family is and you just don't know so I just love the part of your project that is sharing these stories and just really humanizing these people who deserve to 
be seen as humans you know they're just going through a rough period of time in their life and i I just transitional period transitional period yeah i just hear so often people being like well they put themselves there if they wanted to get a job they could get one you know like there's no reason for them to be there they could walk to mcdonald's and it's like it's not that simple like we said in in earlier you know it's just not that simple not to mention a lot of homeless people if you know if they've been homeless for a while they don't have identification they don't have, you know, their social security card. They don't right. have access to a lot of the things that would require them to get a job. And, you know, getting a job costs money. Like, yeah. you know, either whether it be bus fare or whether it be sometimes you have to buy your own uniforms. You have to be presentable at work. You have to shower. You have, you know what I'm saying? So it's you like a haircut. You can't yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, go get a fucking job. Like, this does not work like that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, there's, well, there's, as you know, you raised some really interesting points here. And I feel like, you know. It's it's so it's so true what you're saying. Like so, firstly, I'd say yes. It's so much more complicated than you think to be able to get from literally living in the gutter and being like street homeless, you know, like actually mm-hmm. on the street, um, to some form of housing. Like the administrative tick boxes that you have to sort of like and you know like hoops you have to jump through to get there. It's it ain't easy. It's not yeah. easy. All of automated services, very undignified, very kind of just making you feel shitty, going up and trying to beg for um, a little bit of breathing room on deadlines and stuff. Anyway, I, th- I think that jobs is a really big part and help of what people are misunderstood with in the sense that help what help looks like sometimes too. You know, you visit some of these hostels or Section 8 housing units or whatever it is in America and, and um, at different places, and it's like, you know, I mean, would you would you put your someone in your family in one of these places? I'd like to ask someone when they visit there. Would you have someone you know live there and feel happy doing so? Because sometimes it's ten people, ten rooms are sharing the same bathroom, and right. so it's it's shitty. Like it's it's a shitty situation. The place is falling apart. It's damp. Anyway, my point is like, yeah, you're right. That is such a good. Um, it, 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 it's a really interesting way. I think that. That I, I, I want to try and think of more ways I can try and highlight that because I think, again, stories are really good to do that. But also I think there probably needs to be a bit more like documentary visuals on like what help looks like, you know. But right. the other thing I'll say is it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, we all have a story of redemption, right? So when someone's gone from rags to riches, we will put that person on a pedestal. We'll write a Hollywood film about them. Uh, it's, 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 they'll hang out with A-listers. And there'll be their new trophy friend who was like, look, here's my poor friend who made it from the shittiest neighborhood in South Central. And now he's he's a class A, whatever, he's doing this thing or wherever they're from, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing that when we look at this, we when somebody's passed the challenges and the heartache and the struggles of their whole life and they end up cl- climbing their way to the top, we fucking celebrate them. And, and and I think rightly so, but isn't it amazing that we love them at that moment? We love them at the end of this rainbow, but it's like, it's it's like, I say, yeah, rainbow's the wrong analogy. I say, you know, at the end of this struggle, but it's like, I look at people on the street and I'm like, within, within every person there is your story of redemption, but you just decided to just recognize the timeline right at the end here. That's when you decided to give a shit. But right. right now, I'm sick of it. And I, right. I think... We, we often 
we often do a little bit too much idolizing of when people come out the other end of it. And, and, and I think the drugs and all this stuff and this kind of bubble of the reality is, is part of the problem too, because, you know, a lot of people do say, as you said, coming back to that point, like, oh yeah, but he's a druggie. I'm like, yes, yeah, so what? So what? I mean, really, that's honestly how I look at it. So I mean, half of Hollywood yet, you know, yeah. we, we praise them for singing about it yet. Yeah. The people who have the addictions, we, we shit on them. Yeah, in it, like you literally. I mean, we live in we live in countries, and especially you know, you know, America. You're right. I mean, everyone's everyone's medicated. Everyone's on. I've I've met girls, I've boys and old and young, and anybody and anyone who you wouldn't expect who I'm just like, and they're like, oh yeah, it's time to take this drug that I've been prescribed for this thing, and now this one for this thing, and and it's getting the same here in in lots of ways. And the look, the way I think it really, really is takes us as humans to come come to this kind of place where I think we need a much deeper understanding of depression and, 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 and the really hardcore emotions that keep people where they are, not just through, um, as I said, like the economical side of it, but through the psychological side of it. And, um, and you know, you know, when I see someone who's a drug addict, I mean, it phases me zero. I'm like, yeah. And you know, that's the jacket. And, what? Like, and yeah. And wouldn't that be a reason to care a little more, like, and have a little more sympathy and empathy yeah. for someone, you know, that's like, stop. yeah, that's not where I'm going to be stopped where I stop listening. Like that's yeah. not like, just for me, it's like, well, I, I don't, I don't understand what you mean by that. It's, I, I do because what's happened there again, again, another something I, I just jotted down then when you were talking, because I think it's really, uh, you're going over some really interesting stuff. It's just people wash their hands of people and it's, I know why quite quickly, because if look, we have to find a reason why we don't have to care about someone. Otherwise, otherwise life gets weirder. And, and I'm not saying more difficult, but if you allow this empathy to creep into your life for that person and somehow you see past all the layers of who they are on the outside to recognize yourself in them in some way and think that you could end up there or think that they are a human being, then it's way it's a way different path. It's, hard, it's harder to live. Yeah. Like yeah. if you, how easy is it? It's so easy just to go like, yeah, that's their fault. It's like, Oh, and now you just turn back to your wine and your cheese and get that's, on with it. Yeah, I, That's such a great point. Instead of looking at the socioeconomic, socioeconomical, you know, system yeah. that, or, them to get to or feeling yeah. guilt for not helping or feeling like you can relate to them. Like you said, seeing yourself in them and then you don't want to feel that way. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a great point. I do it too. As it's well. easier like, to not, not care. <laughs> yeah, I, I do it too. Like, I do it too. I'm not, I'm no better than any, but like I'm the, I'm amongst like a lot of, of different experiences I've had and, and, and where I am right now in my life. Look, it's a daily thing to put one foot in front of the other and put your best foot forward and try and remain the best version of yourself and be empathetic towards other people. Like I'm busy and I'm not, you know, and I catch myself doing these snap judgments. I'm the other way. When I see a bunch of suits walking through London, <laughs> who are like, who are like, you know, and I have to check myself and go like, you're a real asshole for just completely, just by the fact someone's like looking really like well put together, <laughs> driving like that BMW and like driving really fast. I'm like, I have to check myself to go like, what am I doing? I'm doing the same thing. I'm completely just slamming them without knowing anything about their life. I know nothing about their life. And I'm going like, 
asshole. It's like, kind of it's it's reprogramming of our brain, though. It's so mm-hmm. it's so natural for us to have that first instinct of kind of judgment, you know. And then it's doing this type of self work and yeah. talking to people and understanding their stories and gaining empathy for other people and their lives and the stories that they've lived. To have yeah. that right after the judgment, to have that second of reevaluation and being like, oh, wait, you know, calling yourself yeah. out, holding yourself accountable. Of mm-hmm. course. And spending your time in different ways is difficult. Look, we're all like, fuck, life's so, I understand the hedonism of life. I know it well. Like, I understand how it's easy to go like, I'm going to, if I'm successful, I'm going to surround myself with nice things that taste nice and look nice and smell nice and, and make myself feel good because you're like, that's what world we live in. A lot of this is environment too. We're not offered like things don't pop up on our screen. Like, Hey, you have to dig like to say like, Oh, there's this meetup where a bunch of strangers meet up and talk about their feelings. And that's right. really weird. like, usually it has to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like you don't advertise on Facebook, do you? It's just, it's just right. part of like, you got to search for these, these, you, you know, you've got to search for commune in your life and community. And I think that whatever level you're at in your life, I think I just always advocate that it is it is a incredibly important part of being here on earth to like to try and get out of your comfort zone with other people around you and try and try and learn about people and remain inquisitive and remain um yeah remain kind of grounded I think it keeps me grounded in a big big way you know Absolutely. like um, and, and yeah and uh and that's going to look very different for everyone and their mission. This is just sort of my version of that. And it's ever changing. And I've realized longer form stuff is much more important as well as, you know, I'm glad that you found me through TikTok because that's probably the shortest way where it's an amazing way to be like, Hey, I'm here and here's what I'm doing. But then right. it leads to this. Great. Which is an actual conversation and actual kind of, um, you know, uh, sharing in some way. And, 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 you know, whether that's in writing or podcast and how we're doing now, I think, you know, it's amazing that we can do more of this stuff. Cause I think this is where, uh, people hopefully have some take homes more than just, oh, like that's a nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, on our call, um, you had mentioned that you were kind of in the beginning stages of conceptualizing or writing a book. Um, yeah. So what is kind of your, um, obviously we want to kind of promote that and encourage people whenever that happens to come out to, um, you know, read that and support you in that way. But what is that going to kind of be about? So actually, yeah, no, it is, it's, actually i've done most of the work for it now so it's going to be a book and it's it's you know this a collection of people i've met over the last two years or so who um are important to me who i met on the street and i most of the time cut their hair a couple of people i didn't but i I, you know all the time i have my hairdressing things in my bag and also my camera so it's a photography book heavily but also a lot of words that accompany it and um it's to try and again further just have a, I guess, a, um, a look beneath this really stigmatized word homelessness and meet some of the humans behind it. And um, yeah, rehumanize us, I think, because, you know, even though a lot of the time we talk about humanizing people who are, who is the person in the difficult situation, the truth is it's all the people outside looking at them any different um, without knowing more about their life that need rehumanized in my opinion. So the book is a collection of stories of different people. Um, and, um, and yeah, like kind of why I do what I do, um, and about do something for nothing. And that's going to come out next year. So it's a little while away, but it's really exciting because yeah, you know, 10 months down the line, it's, it's going to be a great way to, and I hopefully get this into the, like, you know, people who aren't on Instagram, aren't on TikTok, which is a vast majority of people who are in, 
quite powerful positions who, um, you know, a book gets left on like a coffee table by their son or daughter or whatever. And, you know, they might have a chance of picking it up and it's just, it's just another medium, isn't it? But it's nice, nice to me as a, as a process, it's been really nice for for me to have been able to go in deeper with people's stories and try and explore some of the themes that take place in all of our lives as part of the book as well. It's beautiful. When, uh, when can we pre-order? Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll be be telling you guys as as soon as, yeah, I need your help. So, so good. Um, wow. What a, what an amazing conversation. Did you have any more questions, Liv? Um, I, I mean, I have one question. I wanted to ask it in the very beginning, and we can mm-hmm. keep it pretty simple before we go into our mm-hmm. our little question round. But how did you have the initial idea to offer to cut someone's hair on the street? Were you just walking the street one day? Like, how did that how did that idea come about? Yeah, so actually, I the first time I went and cut someone's hair on the street, that very first time, it was. It wasn't planned. I had my backpack on me and I was on the way to someone's hair to earn a bit of extra cash outside of work. So I'd go to like a friend's house in the evening, cut her hair and her daughter's hair. And I didn't end up making it. I had to text her and say like, hey, I'm, I'm not coming over because I I'm, I'm met somebody who I'd seen a few times before and it was helpful that I'd already built some rapport with this person and like mm-hmm. seen him and said hello and bought him a coffee a few times. And um, and actually it was just in that moment, I remembered I had my things in my backpack and I said, oh, actually, do you want a haircut? Like, I know it's weird and I just sort of made a joke out and he's like, Oh yeah, I'd love one. It was like not something I was thinking about, but yeah, that would be great. And, and it was, it was an amazing first person to meet and have this experience with because he was super charismatic and very, um, very, you know, easy to be around. And he then introduced me to a few people who knew like the next weekend when I went out with my things again. So this guy, Derek, his name was, and, and, and he, um, he was kind of my introduction to like, what I'm doing now you know and I, yeah so it, was, it wasn't it was weird but then but then on a unconscious kind of level I think I was definitely at a place in my life where I was like needing wanting some kind of something else because yeah. I was yeah I was transitioning from one stage to the next and I feel thankful for that yeah yeah it's so crazy kind of, I love how it kind of just happened by accident yeah I mean it's I mean the universe essentially you know put put him in your path you know what I mean yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very sometimes cool. yeah, it's like I said, sometimes, you know, when you follow that, it can lead you to uh, some interesting places, you know? That's amazing. Very, very yeah. cool. Okay, cool. We are going to Jess, anything else? You're good? Um, I'm I'm good. I feel like okay, cool. I'm I love this conversation. Yeah, so good. Yeah, really it's been really nice to chat to you so, because so good. Yeah, we've gone over some interesting stuff. And to be honest, as I said, I hopefully it comes across in the messaging that it's like, you know, this is really complex, but essentially this is really just about humans and trying to be there for what, for, for each other more. And, um, and yeah, you brought up some really interesting stuff that I think is um, important for us to, to put out there. So I'm happy. Thank you. Yay, beautiful. Okay, before we let you go, we have three questions that we ask every guest. Okay. Um, they can be as short or as long as you want, kind of whatever – whatever floats your boat, Um, but we will hop right into them. Okay. So the first question is if you could have your dream job, what would it be? If you're not already doing it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, (laughs) I think honestly, I'd probably, yeah. Like music's the thing that makes me feel so incredibly insanely connected to like the world in another way that isn't anything to do with people so i think that 
yeah, like I used to play music and it would be, it would be along with what I'm doing now. I think I need to play some music in my life again. Yeah. Cool. Do it. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah. Um, okay. So our next question is, um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten and or would give? Do you know what the first thing that came to my head, which is always a really good answer is, um, my friend Hal, who I've worked on a lot of documentary stuff with, um, he taught me, I guess it wasn't advice as such, but I'm still going to answer this question with this, which is um, one time I finished a talk, right, about all the stuff I've been talking to you about, about do something for nothing. And I said, Hal, how, how was it? Did I do okay? Was it was it all right? And he was like, yeah, you, you, were, you were good. And he said, actually, you were you were too good. And it took me about a few minutes to like work out what he meant by that. And then it all clicked. I realized that, I was on this autopilot thing of being this person that I thought people needed that day rather than being me. Mm. And I want to feel good, operate like here, I'm this guy who's doing this thing. And it's just, I stayed with me since that day where I was like, yeah, no matter what the situation, I always try and be me and I might not always be smiling. And I think for a long time that like, I thought I needed to be always on the outside this, this, person who is fitting in the room and um i think from that day i was like oh yeah like i never want to be like you gotta be real whatever the scenario that's kind of what it translated to as me anyway a very honest person beautiful way of describing it, it was like yeah it was really good it was too good i was like okay i get you i, mean, that's I, mean, no, I think that's, in, that's incredibly powerful because i think it it's so true and you know i can definitely relate to like having been on autopilot and feeling like i needed to be this version of myself but i think you know and I, th- I feel like this, you know, complements our conversation so well because it's like just rehumanizing. Like humans aren't perfect. We aren't perfect. And it's important to, you know, show people that so that they feel, you know, empowered with their imperfections and their flaws. Yeah, of course. And we all know what it's like to follow someone on social media or, you know, kind of see like a certain version of their life. And then when they actually bring out some words of like, actually, you know what? I've got to tell you something like, I'm not okay for this reason, this reason, this reason. You're suddenly so much more connected to them. And I think that in life in general is like, we, we that is a brilliant road to fo- follow, I think, um, for the future of just, and it's, you know, I think it's achievable too. It's not that hard to just be like, actually just get real, get real with yourself. Like you don't have to be okay. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but there's a someone I, I watch a lot of his lectures online. I've listened to a few podcasts, but um, his name's Gabor Mate, and um, he's a Hungarian-born Canadian physician, I believe, and he's uh, someone who he spoke about uh, trying to hide your inner feelings and trauma, and he talks a lot about kind of like trying to hide your pain and how that obviously just putting a lid on it just makes it grow. And he was talking about this one time with his mum where he had a bad leg, but because she was sick, he was limping before he went into the room, but then when he entered the room, he immediately stopped his his his. He was pretended he was okay, like he wasn't mm-hmm. limping anymore, and he did it without even thinking. And it was to protect his mum from seeing him as he was, as as he really was. And um, and then afterwards, he just spoke about. It's really funny. I've forgotten the way he words it, but he says um, he says like you know she survived like post like uh, it was like basically she went through like Nazi Germany. In like the 40s and like had they had to like escape and shit like that and she can't handle me having a dodgy leg as i walk into a room you know right it's like we do this all the time we try and like ah like you put a face on it it's like people can handle shit better than you think mm-hmm. like you don't have to 
always be pleasant. We don't have to always have these kind of like, and I think, yeah, uh, you know, maybe I should stop talking. I <laughs> no, no, you can no, go no, on. I, 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 I love this because I feel so validated and I think that is true. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of trauma and there's things that lead up to us feeling like we can't be our true selves. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. And, you know, it, I think it's normal to feel that way, but I think that it is, we should be normalizing people, you know, being true with, you know, others. And I feel like a lot of the times, even specifically in relationships, or maybe that's just what I can relate to is that like, we hold a lot back because we don't want to be a burden on, you know, whoever it is, it could be our mother, it could be our best friend, it could be, um, you know, our uh, significant other. And I feel like by holding that back, we are not only doing ourselves a disservice, but we're doing them a disservice as well. Because, Mm-hmm. You know, no, no one's perfect, and it's just important to to normalize that. Exactly, because flip, reverse it, right? Imagine you had a friend or family member, or even someone who's a stranger, like who you could read and you could see the thoughts from their mind floating out of like they have something that they should be not should be saying, but you'd want them to say it, right? You'd be like, just right. so you know, I'm here. I want to listen. I want to like whatever. Like, yeah. you don't need to be right. You don't need to protect someone from yourself. And that's eaten me up before. Like, you know, again, another story for another time. But I've learned the hard way with that sometimes. And like, it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love I love that advice. That's great. I mean, this podcast, we all we preach is just being your authentic self, living your truth, speaking your truth. And especially like, again, <laughs> try, we'll try not to go into much of a tangent on this, even though we have already. Um, we being influencers and even having this podcast, you know, there is a lot of times where we feel like we have to be these people. And it's like, it really is doing a disservice not only to our audience and but to ourselves, because it's a waste of energy to not to be anything else other than our authentic self. So I yeah. think that is great, great advice for our listeners. And I think it's amazing what you guys are doing with that messaging too, uh, with anything you're doing, because you know that is that is huge for for so many people. Because um, yeah, you got you you that's what people really want. Like they really do want that, and I see it all the time. And um, yeah, we live in a world where it's very difficult sometimes because everyone's always being paid, and that's a big, big part of it, you know. And I think that's why it's important to do things in a nutshell. Because I didn't really mention it in the podcast, but you know, I know we're finishing up, but to do things when you're not paid is really important and the reason for that is you um you get to have a interaction conversation whatever it is where there's there's the only focus is or the only trade is time that's your commodity mm-hmm. so you're trading time you're not there's no other transaction and i think that breeds and promotes um authenticity healthier, healthier experience sometimes of course we need to get paid i need to get paid for shit too but yeah it's like yeah love that absolutely Okay, third and final question is, if you had an autobiography, what would be titled and why? Okay, um, I would say it would be called... Mm-hmm. Well, if it was an autobiography, I can't steal someone else's thing. I'm really good at other people's quotes, you see. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's a hard question. That's a hard one. Because the thing is, I'm really good. Again, this comes down to a part of me, which is like, don't make me talk about me. Like, I know. I know. I know. You're very (laughs) humble, but it's okay also to give yourself some kudos too. In it. I know if it was about me, I have to, can I, yeah, I'll I'll pre-record it and you can add it to this message. But yeah, maybe it would be, um. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay. I think it, it. it would almost be like do something for nothing, you know? Well, yeah, that's already right? happening. That's already, exactly. I get, 
so the book that's what it's going to be called and that's that's kind of look that is part of that is you know maybe that's the obvious answer you're right because as soon as I feel like it's self-promotion with Joshua I'm like ah but <laughs> I, think, I think that is it you know I'm entwined in this as much as anything so that is my autobiography it is do something for nothing it is my mantra preach. so yeah you got me there but it just meant I had to just admit that I'm part of it for a second <laughs> this is you this is your legacy yeah okay, that's, cool. what, that's what we're here for we are here to gas you up and give you kudos and give you some credit give you a pat on your back because you're you doing, you you're doing yeah you're doing amazing work and it's really right, really right. inspiring thank you guys it's been really honestly it's been really good to chat and as I said like it's been nice because I've been locked in this kind of like writing zone of doing the book for the last few months and like by my girlfriend who I've driven absolutely crazy I love her <laughs> and, and and like some dear friends who I've been able to see apart from you know like as things have lifted slowly lockdown in London it's just really nice to like have this kind of conversation and um yeah I appreciate it no it's okay. been an honor to have you on thank you so much we really appreciate it nice one and uh if people wanted to find you follow you where can they uh where can they follow you at um okay so yeah on t- on TikTok, I'm it's do something for nothing, and on Instagram, it's at Joshua Coombs, which is um yeah, that's the best places. And do something for nothing on on Instagram too, but Joshua Coombs, uh, my surname is spelled uh, C W O M B E S. That's the way that I kind of I post most people's stories on there. But do something for nothing is a cool page to follow as well. Also, just actually quickly. Um, Light and Noise, which is an art show. So Light and Noise is an art show me and my friend Jamie created to amplify the voices of a lot of the people I've been talking about too. Beautiful. And we will make sure to leave all those links in the description for you guys, as always. Um, This was such a beautiful conversation and really just... Really just heartwarming, you know, we, it, we're living in a really crazy time. And I think having these conversations and showing everyone just we're all human. and We all want the same things, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it's really important. Thank you. Cool. OK, if you guys love this episode, please post a screenshot of it. Leave a review for us. Um, we hope you guys have an amazing week and we will see you next week. Cheers. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.